This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Listeners of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, I was going to try to do this uh, intro with a Russian accent, but then I figured, why? No one's doing Russian <laughs> accents today. So, exactly. Uh, so, uh, we're here to have some fun, and also it's not very stylish to be, you know, to do no, Russian not right now. right now. Like, not right now. Know. Tonight's I'm choice hoping... has significance on a couple of fronts, so. Yeah. I'm hoping we're watching a... Um, not a remake, but like a different version of this movie in a few years called The Death of Someone Else. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That would be great. That <laughs> would be, be a straight up comedy. Yeah. Oh, like, there would be amazing. no darkness at all in that one. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we shall get there. Yes, we we'll shall. get there. Um, this episode has come out after we did our live show. So we thank everybody who came out and joined us. Um, we haven't actually done it yet while right. we're recording this but by the time this releases it'll have already been done so you missed out um you should have been there it was a lot of fun um i think doug threw up on a roller coaster <laughs> oh yeah it was most crazy. likely it was crazy man um eric's probably in california right now um you know living up his life eating avocados on pizzas and hamburgers and everything possible <laughs> avocado it's a foul fruit yep uh, he's doing the California style, which, unlike Florida style, doesn't involve putting your windows down and driving <laughs> <laughs> with the AC on full blast. I can't wait for that. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you guys missed it, we're sorry. You'll have to get us on the next one, which we have no idea when that'll be. But hopefully right. it does happen and there is a next one. Well, we were so good that we're breakout stars now. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, people are clamoring to have us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. I think we're TV doing. Found, um, here we come. I think we have like a uh, residency in Vegas, actually. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> if if there's somehow we ever get a residency in Vegas, like that oh would be God. ridiculous. Oh my! No God. one wants to hear us, but you will live there. We can pretend. Exactly. We, well, we our residency have, will be at Doug's house. At my house. <laughs> so it's a residency. Exactly. It's in Doug's residence. It's in his living room. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. It is a residency. You're right. You're right, Eric. <laughs> So we are anyways, residing there. Enough foolishness. What's new, guys? What's going on in your world? Uh, someone go first because I got to think about it. <laughs> Eric, right. I know you had some fun last night. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know if I should talk about that yet or if I'm going to save that for. There is something I want to bring up since the last episode. I had a show. Um, I teased it that it was very far. It was all the way down to Fort Myers. Right. And I remember that. So the show itself was fine. You know, it was a, a standard Comic Con type of show. But when I got there, the guy running the show, he said he had a better table for me, which, you know, as someone running a booth or a table or whatever, that's always good news, right? So um, he sends me to table 20. And I set up, I'm by myself, you know, so 
it's a little labor intensive. It takes about 45 minutes to get everything up. Um, I hear, you know, and I don't see because I'm looking down, I'm focused on my work. But I hear like a kerfuffle about table 20 going on. <laughs> like, I like that word, table? kerfuffle. Yeah, yeah, kerfuffle, you know, 18, 19, 20, 20. And I know, I just know in the back of my head, like this motherfucker did not tell the original occupants of table 20 that I was going to be there. So I look up and a guy says to me, did you take my table? And the guy was the manager of my band from 2003. (laughs) And we did not leave on good terms. Like he threatened to sue me as a kid. I was like 16 years old. Um, It was bad. It was really, really bad. I can imagine he's like, I'm going to sue you. You're like, well, I'm going to call you a pedophile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was he big and fat like that Backstreet Boys guy? No, uh, yeah, Joe He's Perlman. Florida, right? He, yeah, Lou, might, no, Lou Perlman. Lou, yeah, they, they might have been neighbors or something. It's always Lou, <laughs> big fucking Lou. Exactly. It was the same vibe, though. To be honest with you, oh, yeah, um, yeah, just on a much smaller scale. But uh, yeah, I look up and it's him, but he's dressed in like safari, like like Steve Irwin, of course. and he's holding a baby alligator. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait did he have the stingray barb in his chest that's like not it's tasteless that's oh. bad cosplay right there yeah yeah but he's got an alligator you know the mouth is tape shot and he's looking at me and i can see that he recognized me in that in that moment we had this little connection and he goes eric and I was ah. like, oh fuck man i was yeah i was rendered speechless so that's um, crazy man that's small yeah. world shit you know yeah, that's the universe was doing some odd things that day. So yeah. Yeah. that threw me for a loop. That's the craziest thing that's happened to me this month. So <laughs> very neat. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Well, uh, I just got back from North Carolina again, um, which is actually not the resident state for one of our Patreons, Tony DeGraw, even though he claims it is. He actually lives in South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> I'd call what? him out on that, like Will did on the other show. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God, he's a North Carolina poser. Yep, and and uh, as they say in Letterkenny, I can confirm as I'm mailing him something, and he gave me a South Carolina address. Ooh, is it yeah. a PO box though? No, no, it's his actual house. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Um, I'm not going to give the address on here unless you guys want to send him cool, uh, you know, stuff. He also <laughs> is uh, my co-host for the other podcast where we just started up called the Texas State Boggle Champions. Uh, which is a King of the Hill podcast. Yes. Um, that was going to be YouTube also because uh, he is willing to edit videos. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That makes all the difference, man. There, There is yeah. one video episode up already, actually. Okay. Uh, and I got to say, Tony, you did a kick-ass job. I, I really appreciate the quality work you put into that, all the – I mean – when I mention something or he mentions something, it actually pops up in the middle of the screen like like a poster or something. Holy I'm like, shit. Like, you did a good job. Made a no, cool frame a, around it. He's a talented dude on, yeah. on a lot of fronts. He's like a renaissance man. You know? yeah. he, he, I don't know how he – no. You, we always say, I don't know how you have time for that. I don't know how he has time no, for that. No, I, I don't either. Does. Uh, the man doesn't sleep. He can't sleep much. No. You know? No. Awesome, legitimately awesome dude, though. Uh, Eric's working on yeah. some artwork for that show for us, uh, which would be pretty cool. Also – Excellent. And – uh Back to the North Carolina part, I did uh, once again go snowboarding, but this time I only fell one time because somebody cut me off, not because I sucked. Uh, actually, uh, I, I did pretty well. I was fairly proud of myself. I went to the top of the mountain. 
Um, I went to the top of all the lifts. Uh, you know, I went down somewhat difficult stuff that I last time I would have looked at and shit my pants. Uh, That's cool. I learned how to I learned how to put on the brakes and I learned how to turn. So uh, thank right. you YouTube for the for teaching me how to snowboard because I spent the last like two <laughs> months watching videos trying to figure out how to do it so I didn't look like a total ass again. Listen, That's you, awesome. you come up here to visit me in the winter, and you can snowboard all you want while I sit in the lodge and drink oh, beer. Oh, shit. I might, oh, yeah. have, I, might, I might seriously take you up on that. Hey, dude. Uh, that sounds I like mean, fun. Where I, you know, we're, we're, the thing is we're, we're talking an hour to two hours minimum from me, but. That's fine. We drove two hours to get to the mountain we went to. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, hell yeah. There's one in um, Vermont I want to go to called Killington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the ones I really want to go to. That place looks badass. Yep. But anyways, yep. uh, I actually went to the Sierra Nevada Brewery there in uh, Asheville, too, which was pretty fucking awesome. That place, I was just, like, impressed by the building. I was like, God, this place is huge, and it looks like an old, like, uh, lodge. Like, you find somewhere. Yeah, I saw the pictures um, you posted were cool. That looks like yeah, a cool place. Yeah, place is fucking cool. It's when like you a Disney-designed brewery. <laughs> yeah. You go out back, there's, like, a stage and this big patio and stuff with a patio bar. I got this uh, Powder Day IPA, which is a double dry hopped, 7.7%. Uh, it's delicious. Ooh, that'll blow your teeth yeah, off. Yeah, there you go. Mm, While we're on the yeah. subject of what we're drinking, this episode is also powered by Hourglass Brewing uh, with a beer called Mike Chuck. It's an American pale ale. It is a 5.3 percenter, so it's a little easy going. And uh, it is available at both locations, Longwood and Orlando. I cannot wait to visit Hourglass when I get down so there. So Longwood's the weeks. one we're going to, right? Yeah, Longwood that's is the, the one. The, I, the, the other, the Samaran location, it's uh, a little more upscale. It's, a, it's like a date night kind of vibe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ours is more like, again, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Warehouse kind of vibe. That, that's oh. where I want to go. I want to yeah, go to the one in the hometown of um, one of our previous uh, stars of movie Dragline. He's from Longwood. Yes. Is he really from Longwood? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah remember? Because yeah, he, mentioned, he, mentioned he got that, his nickname yeah. by walking down the beach up to Jacksonville. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Doug, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? I've had a, I've had a, a low-key week, but I did some, I did some additions to the, the office. It's getting more organized. And, I mean, art-wise, above me, guys, that... Oh, I see you got it up to Star Wars. Yeah, authentic 1980s Star Wars uh, uh, cork board nice. that my daughter found for me at her friend's uh, uh, shop for five bucks. That's Holy fucking shit. cool. And it is authentic 1980. It's painted on, so I got that up there. That's when Star Wars was still good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and I also added a fridge. I've been talking about it for a ah! long time. But our our good friend Estelle was selling a, a fridge, and it's a nice it's a hair. They're they're pretty high end, and um, it's got a glass front, so I can see everything in there. And yeah, yeah so now like I like I message you guys, this you know assist me in my spiral into alcoholism even more because <laughs> the beer is now at arm's length as opposed to having to go downstairs. So uh, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, work's been crazy busy. It's been a nutty week, but things are all good. I'm, I'm that, excited that was, to get on a plane soon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was my thought when I saw the fridge. I, the last episode, <laughs> you, you mentioned that your wife thought it might be dangerous for you to keep retrieving yes. them yep. yourselves going down the stairs. So Exactly. Now, it's a safety concern. That's really. true. It is a safety You're right. She was thinking yeah. of me. So. Yeah. Eric, uh, do you got a fridge in there with you? I do not. I don't have okay. a fridge in here. But I'm we in my bedroom, so that would be, yeah, be kind of weird. That's a little, yeah. That's like a <laughs> no, dorm room <no>. thing <laughs> at that point. Yeah. 
Just be careful when you reach in there, since it's in the bedroom, to grab the beer and not the lube. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the consistency's a little different, you know. It's a little. But if you keep it though. cold, it does make it more fun. Yeah. As long as Both. it's good tasting. <laughs> <laughs> what fourth flavor do you prefer? Pleasant flavor, you know. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Well, I just got a, <laughs> um, an email from Zounds confirming our order for the... Uh, the roadcaster. So uh, we'll excellent. see if, if it actually gets here. Yeah. That's great. And so one of our new toys for the uh for the shows yeah. on the network to uh get you know, backup copies. So in case yeah. you know, one of our audio drops out yeah. somewhere along the line. It never happens, but just in case. Yeah, yeah, just in case. We don't have to have Eric sit um in a hotel room talking to himself Make for sure eighteen up. minutes for a forty five minute section. Yeah. <laughs> but see it, it worked out because of, you know, your your clever engineering there. Yeah, See, I, also I was thinking wonder you were like going to send person... me like an hour to fill no, no. the 45 minutes where I could fill it in. <laughs> no, I got 18 minutes. <laughs> no. And if you, you will find it insane if you ever had the opportunity, like I and Joe did, to listen to just my audio. Yeah. Because like, it, it's so unnatural to talk to yourself in that way that yeah. I would just like stop and, and pause. Oh, let's put it this way. Of that 18 minutes, maybe 14 minutes of it was usable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there was a lot of, like, I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Yeah, there's like, a lot the of, uh, mm, uh, uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh, I, cut, I cut all those out because it just made it sound like, uh, you know, yeah. like you weren't having a conversation with yes, somebody. more artificial than it was. <laughs> yeah, I tried to make it. So if you listen to that part three of Jaws and you couldn't tell something was up, then uh, we, me and Eric did a good job. Yep. If you couldn't tell something was up, you have no social cues because that is and that I, was hard. And when I say it, there was something up, which is my anger level, but other than that, right? And I have to say, as as nuts as your anger level got me, the way you pronounce Jaws <laughs> just delights me. I know, Jaws? I love that. I, I, yeah, and I, I and I sincerely mean that. I, I fucking love that pronunciation. I absolutely love it. It's so great. Yep. You know, so do do. Yeah. Jones. Whatever whatever Jones. happens to us for the rest of our lives, whatever happens to this show, whatever happens to us personally, until the day I die, I will <laughs> I will refer to that movie as Jaws. 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 Yeah, Jaws. Yep. Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I even that. do it, but I love it. I mean, I what else are you call it? Jaws? Yeah. That it doesn't sound right better. when you say it that way. Yeah, it's, if it's, it's Long Island. It's Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Boston. I call it Jazz. Yeah, it's Jazz. That's jazz. Exactly. No, it's Jazz. Jaws. This Jazz is wicked cool. I'm getting my Jawsies off. Don't get me started on those fuckers. Anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of like not getting started on fuckers, uh, let's talk about the Russians. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, the Russians are coming. The um, death of Putin. I oh, wait. That's the future. No, that's the future of this. one. That's the sequel. Hopefully. Fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we uh, we had we had a little schedule shake up. No big deal. So I inserted what I think is appropriate, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, it's a it's a a favorite of mine. It's called the death of Stalin. Um, and oh well, on two fronts. I mean, the anniversary of Stalin's death was earlier this month, and the fucking shit show that's going on because of that fuckface. But anyway, um, and he doesn't even have a mustache. I know. This is a 2017 movie. Um, it was. It was, and Joe labeled it. It's an art house movie. I mean, it was. It was. It. It was the darling of the festivals that it that it entered in the Toronto and Sundance yeah. and everything. I think my uh, my message was, "What in the French film festival <laughs> yes, am I watching?" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And 
Yeah, so it actually got a wide release in the states. It did okay because again, it was you know it's wide release in quotes. I mean, it was actually yeah. released other than festivals in the states. Uh, it was released early 2018 in the United States. Um, it's directed by Armando Ainucci. Um, I mistakenly called him Italian in our chats. The man was born and raised in Scotland. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he's probably visited, you know, Italy. But yeah, he's Scottish. He's he's Scottish. Um, so yeah, um, and you might be familiar with some of his writing work. He was responsible for most of the HBO uh, hit show Veep, which is. That might be in my. That's definitely in my top ten of favorite television shows of all time. And I'm gonna real quick pause just to thank you. Um, I've been watching Our Flag Means Death on HBO. Yeah. That's fucking great. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, I, I would recommend that one. If you after if the you can. after the art of fuckery, I ran out yeah, of episodes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a it's a it's a great show. It's it's like 27 minutes, 28 minutes, so it goes by quick. Um, the humor you, is off. You know the, um, the and, I'm gonna tell my kids memes. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. tell my kids this was Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, exactly. Oh, That's okay. perfect for that. That's I'll perfect, say this, man. Yeah, if you're a Flight of the Concords fa- fan, Murray's in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, Portlandia, I would highly recommend that. Uh, Leslie Jones. Oh, uh, Leslie Jones. and Fred and, Armisen. Yes. Uh, Chris, also, Game of Thrones, Christian Narn. Um, the, yeah. The dude that Hodor. played the, the other guy who played, like, the king when that Daenerys married. Um I can't remember his name. The, yeah, he's the I, guy with the little afro that plays the guitar in the show. Right, exactly. He's, he's yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of actors in there that you recognize. You might not know their names, but you recognize. Yeah, Listen, I course, trust. I trust Doug's recommendations. Above then of all. course, yeah. Reese Darby, the band manager from Flight of the Concords, right, Murray, as well as Taika Waititi. There's yes, the mad genius. Exactly. So, um, yeah, real cool show. So, yeah. I and listener, thank you for that. while you brought up HBO, if yeah. you're hearing this. And Doug recommends something. Watch it, man, because this man has <laughs> this man has impeccable taste. I'm telling you. <laughs> we have a connection, Eric and I. We mm. we 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 embody the the phrase "brother from another mother" because we we have similar tastes. So, oh yes, um, I appreciate that, Eric. Um, and I'm like the step brother. <laughs> <laughs> I put my balls on your drum set. <laughs> yes, exactly. But then you also always make room for plenty of activities, and yeah, that makes and me boats. happy. Your the, activities are the best activities, Joe. All right, yeah. you're the Loki of this, other way, uh, this situation brother. here. No, I'm the Thor. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm saying like Doug's you're like the Odin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm ready for I'm my the fucking Thor, Odin. You're the Loki. Guys. You're the, like the trickster. I'm the, the big dumb meathead. <laughs> you have finesse, what you do, Eric and Doug's just. I mean, obviously Odin. Yeah, it's like not even a question. All right, so. uh so yeah, back to the movie. Armando Iannucci, Iannucci, uh, director and writer. Iannucci. He also did. Uh, he's uh, responsible for Avenue Five. That's a lesser known oh. show on HBO, but it's pretty funny. It's not deep funny, but it's pretty funny because Hugh Laurie's in it, and I love anything. That's he does. like the HBO uh, Space Force. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or, um, or yeah. Bill or Star it, Trek or whatever it, you want to call it. It's coming back, and I'm happy um, because it picked up. Like the first half was a little rough. And the second half of season one picked up. The flow started getting going. But anyway, I'd recommend that one too. Um, this movie is it's, it's kind of odd to say because we're, we're going to talk about a movie about Joseph Stalin dying. But it comes from a graphic novel written by two French um, comic writers. Uh-huh. Oui, um, oui. Yeah. So uh, hence the French art house theme yeah. we see because the, the, the graphic novel is French. 
Um, so they worked with Ainuchi to write the script for this. So it, it maintained the flavor from the graphic novel. Um, Stylistically, it also reminded me of um, Inglorious Bastards from Tarantino. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. How that feel? The smart dialogue, the the uh, just the amount of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Tarantino can be very verbose in a good way. I mean, I, I you know, I love him. And, and this is that kind of movie as well. There's a lot going on and a lot to unpack in every single scene. And also, um, also we're saying another movie that neither Joe or I had seen before. No, I had never seen this. Right. I didn't even I, know this existed. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping. And, and you know something? It's, I didn't know it existed until it was on uh, cable. It was on HBO or Showtime or something. One afternoon, Eric was working my, my Saturday lazy day. I'm flipping channels, and I saw it coming up. I said, all right, let me try it. I saw the cast, and I fell in love with it. So, yeah, I'm glad. I, I was happy when I heard that you guys hadn't seen it. Um, so we're going to talk about this in the movie. I'll get into it in a second, folks. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the fact that the actors, it's a, it's a movie in Russia in 1953, but nobody talks with a Russian accent except no. the one actor who is actually Russian. <laughs> okay, yeah. And her accent is authentic Russian in English. Um, that's purposeful. All right. Iannucci decided he wanted the characters not to use Russian accents because there was a lot of ad-libbing done in this movie, and he didn't want them to have to struggle to ad-lib lines in the accent and maintain that accent. So he just said, screw it. Just talk in your, in your language. So if Plus, the actor, it's way funnier. Oh, it's great. No, it's absolutely fantastic yeah. because it's a, it's a contrast in styles, too. You know, yeah. and I they bet play like off Stalin like would have like rolled in his grave and hated the fact that he has a Cockney accent. No, exactly. Exactly. Which, fuck that guy. So, yep. <laughs> Yeah, and um, that that felt very funny in a in yes. a like Joe said like in an art house indie way that everybody was yeah. speaking in everything but a Russian accent and right. you have Steve Buscemi who's just sounds like he's just straight up from Brooklyn like fucking like, right. Boardwalk he, Empire he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's right he's Nucky but he's he's <laughs> Nikita Khrushchev I mean you know yeah um, it is it is a big part of the charm of this movie and I also have to take a time out and thank my son Tim Crest. Because he was the one who reminded me to put this on the list in the first place. I, ah, nice. I had Thanks, not Tim. thought about it in a while. And about three or four weeks ago, he reminded me to add it to the list. And I had it way further in the year and then moved it up. So, uh, yeah. The Thanks, only uh, person's accent who actually threw me off was Jason Isaacs because I was expecting him to sound like Lorca. I know. <laughs> I know. He and did he that. His British accent. I'm like, what the fuck? So he, he, his accent, I, if I remember correctly reading, it's a Yorkshire accent. Yeah. And I think, and, and what did he say, Joe? Did you see that trivia about the reason he picked that accent? Oh, no, no I didn't. All right. I'm trying to remember correctly. He picked it because he, the most forceful people in England to him are Yorkshire people. Okay. Like, and he, he wanted to convey that forcefulness of the character, which we'll get to. And that's why he chose that type of a British accent for the movie. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm just used to, used to hearing him in Discovery as a fucking Lorca. Oh, no, so. exactly. And in, even in his proper, you know, snooty British in, in, um, in Harry Potter, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to get to him because he's a fucking treasure. Like, yeah, I love like this character. the best character <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. So, um, so, all right. Uh, and talking about Russia very quickly, the movie, of course, was banned in Russia. <laughs> yep. Two <laughs> days before its release. Exactly. This, to this day, it's not allowed in Russia. Um, and all right, so we open up uh, to classical piano. Uh, 
playing in, you know, it fades into a, a small concert hall um, at, that I will learn is Radio Moscow. And yeah. we're going to start with a clip. Radio Moscow, Director Andreev, what is it? 17 minutes. Yes, of course, I can ring back in 17 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm writing it down. One, five. Sorry, was that a nine? Is it in fine? Or, 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 or another five, is it in... Um... Hive. Hive. Hello? Hello? Hive. Who was it? Secretariat of the General Secretariat. Of the General Secretary. Of the, the Secretary of the General... Stalin. Turn that down. And put that apple down. You're always eating bloody apples. I'm to call him back in 17 minutes. 17 minutes from when you picked up the phone or from when you put it down? 17 minutes from when I said I'd call back in 17 minutes. When was that? I don't know. 30 seconds ago? A minute? Oh, which one? A minute. A minute? A minute. You sure? No. So, I mean, that's that's the type of comedy we're gonna we're gonna hear and talk about tonight. Very quick, sharp, funny lines, smart comedy. Um, that was Patty Considine, and um, and I cannot remember uh, the other dude's name, but anyway, he's a good character actor. You've seen a lot of things, and I mean, that just sums up the whole movie in the dread and fear that Joseph Stalin emitted to the people of Russia. I mean his very name made people shit themselves and you could hear it in that scene the panic and especially since he himself made the phone call uh yeah. to call back so it was uh yeah it's it's funny but it's intense i mean again we're talking about dark times here i mean in in the end it's estimated that stalin was responsible for 40 million deaths oh, in a, in a country that had 170 million people Jesus at the Christ. time so it, 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 you know it's a third or just about a third if a, a little less a little less than a third but you know it's it's un, it's unfathomable you know so yes this is a dark movie but it's it's the way it's treated is great uh so that incident is actually based on a true story <laughs> it, yep. it happened a little earlier in stalin's life but he did that and you know scared the shit out of radio moscow and you know he got his recording, so uh, we'll get to that, actually. Um, we now transition to Stalin's DACA, which is his country house, or his second house where he does his business outside of Moscow. Uh, we see Joseph Stalin and uh, Lavrenti Beria, so it's played by Adrian McLaughlin, again, a good character actor, and uh, Lavrenti Beria, uh, played by Simon Russell Beale. Um, he was in Penny Dreadful, Joe. Was um, he? he was in the in the first Penny Dreadful. He was the very eccentric, loud Egyptologist, dead language oh. guy with the big with the hair yeah. and the beard yeah. and stuff. That was him. 
So oh, shit. he's obviously a very versatile actor. Um, so yeah, he I would have never guessed. No, I would. I had to look it up, like because he's you, you, he's unrecognizable, you know, in 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 Penny Dreadful. So the two of them. Uh, so we know who Joseph Stalin is, but Beria was the head of the secret police in Russia at the time. Um, they're reviewing a list of citizens that are going to be arrested and executed because that's what they did. Um, in the hallway, uh, Nikita Khrushchev, played by Steve Buscemi, <laughs> so fantastic. He's telling a, quote, funny story about using grenades to stay warm during the war. <laughs> He's talking to Georgi Malenkov, who's played by Jeffrey Tambor. Um, Who looks like Dr. Octopus. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. And, yeah, I, I think just even the way they, they make up, up his skin tone and stuff makes that even more apparent. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Tambor um, was, was the star of the show for me in this one, man. Like, yes. That dude, there's something about that guy's delivery that, that yep. just kills me. Absolutely. And they're also talking with uh, Vacheslav Molotov. So, you know, he is Molotov of the Molotov cocktail, um, played by... Uh, Michael Palin from Monty Python, who also does a fantastic job. Um, we immediately get the vibe that Malenkov is not the brightest bulb in the pack. Like he, he's pretty. Yeah, he's just he's he's a, a strange dude who is a little slow behind. He's just a step behind everybody else. Whether it's the plot, whether it's a joke, he can't keep up. Um, we cl quickly jump back to Radio Moscow. Um, Andreev, again played by Patty Considine, and his name is Sergey. And Sergey, played by Tom Brook, um, they're panicking about when the 17 minutes started, and it's just it, the banter back and forth between the two of them is fucking priceless. Um, we jump quickly back to Stalin's DACA, uh, Nikki, it, it, and we're gonna we're gonna use their names within the movie. So you know Nikita Khrushchev. I'm not gonna say that every time in the movie. He's called Nikki, so he will be you know henceforth known as Nicky. He's still telling the grenade story, and, and it ends with, and boom, that's how you turn a Russian into Borst. <laughs> you know? Borscht. And, and it's like throwaway. It's like you barely hear it because um, they're focused on Stalin and Beria finishing up the list. Um, Beria grabs the list, and he heads out, walks past the boys. He's holding up the list. He's very proud of himself. He's got his list. They fucking crack wise about it. Yeah, we see your list. <laughs> um he heads out and gives his orders to his NKVD, which are the secret police in Russia back then. That's pre-KGB. Um, gives the orders to the officers who then head out to do his bidding. Um, we can see Beria's sociopathy on full display here. I mean, he comments to one of the, one of the officers, shoot her before him, but make sure he sees. So, like, <laughs> he, he, he revels in these deaths. It's not just like keeping order so to speak he enjoys this shit you know he's got some deep-seated shit going on um we get a quick scene of the 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 nkvd troops heading out they're rounding up citizens um throwing them in trucks all right we are you know back what, what, what uh stuck out to me when when they were rounding people up is when they left the apartment they were turning the lights off like i oh, know consider it right yeah. exactly exactly yeah it, it, well, it's a procedure at that point for them. Like, yeah. it, it's honestly, it's just, it's routine. But yeah, I, I, it's a nice touch. I, I dig that. You're right. Do people there actually have electric bills, though? Or is it just everyone's the same? It's communist Russia. Yeah, I mean, I guess it it's all state owned. So, like, maybe yeah, they're just saving they get, themselves money. I mean, they had salaries. They had jobs and salaries. And that, I don't know. Who knows what 
they had I don't really know the intricacies of communism, but I just know everything's supposed to be state owned. I thought. Yeah, it is. But you still have to pay that because because communism in the Russian sense and in many senses is as corrupt as you know it is here. It's more corrupt yeah. even. You know, where the rich are rich and the poor get fucked, even though it, everything's supposed to be equal. So. Uh, so we're back at Radio Moscow. Andreev is rehearsing the phone call he has to make, and then he almost because of that he almost misses the seventeen minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the call, and Stalin himself answers. And as Joe said earlier, Stalin answers and talks in a Cockney British accent, yeah, <laughs> like a working hilarious. class English accent, and it's fucking great. It's like Joe. It reminds me of like a guy, Richie, bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same <laughs> accent that they talk yeah. in. So it's like the parallels are perfect because he's yeah. in real life a fucking Guy Ritchie bad guy from the old Ritchie movies, you know? So um, Stalin calls because he wants a recording of the night's performance um, and he's sending staff over to pick it up. So uh, Andreev hangs up and proceeds to shit himself because they didn't record the performance. <laughs> So he knows that this means death for him and anybody else involved. Um, he runs into the hall as people are starting to leave, and he demands that everyone return to their seats. <laughs> Don't worry, no one's going to get killed, he says. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's panic-stricken. So he, he, obviously we can tell his idea is to redo re the performance and record it. All right? That's the, the only thing he can do. Um, they never recorded it, so now they need to record it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> re re. Uh, so, so, yeah, he's in a panic. He's starting to put that together. Uh, we jump back to Stalin's DACA, and we've got dinner with the boys, so we're going to play a clip now. Tell me up. Everybody drinks. I was saying we had this 12 year old scout. His whole family was wiped out by the crowds. But before that, he taught us this trick. He taught us this trick. If you stick somebody's little finger in a glass of water while they're sleeping, they wet themselves. <laughs> it won't next. You stick a bar of chocolate in their pocket, they shit their pants. <laughs> But it's biology, chief. We did it to Polnikov in uh, Stalingrad. But anyway, <laughs> shit your pants, that's great. <laughs> Whatever became of Polnikov? You want to know where fucking Polnikov is? You want to go there? Oh, I love, I love that Glimmerick story. Oh, is there one in your pocket? No, no, come on. No, not again. No, don't you. Oh, God. Hey, damn it. Caught red-handed. <laughs> well, I would die for the motherland. <laughs> All right, let's get going. Time for a cowboy movie. Who's in my posse? <laughs> All right. So, again, a lot of stuff packed into a short scene. So, really quickly, uh, Nikki's telling a story about putting the finger in water. Um, Stalin doesn't laugh because he, he doesn't like anybody upstaging him on, uh, in any front, in a social setting, in a joke setting, or anything. So, he comes up with a pretty funny joke about the chocolate bar and shitting yourself. Yeah. Um, 
but he, he will not be upstage, and that's why he did that. Um, we see more of, of Malenkov just being a dunce. The guy is an empty suit. Um, yeah. You know, the whole Polnikov thing is great. You want to go there? <laughs> and, you know, everybody gets quiet. Um, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a frat party. Like, when you see the scene, it's like a friggin' yeah. frat party. At the end there, when the music starts, uh, Nikki and Beria are like, you know, they're, they're thumping bellies at each other and just jumping up and, you know, as what I learned that uh, Rob Gronkowski did with his brothers when they were young. It's called Zoom. See who knocks who over first. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a frat boy atmosphere. Um, and then at the end, they're all drunk and exhausted, but Stalin wants to watch a cowboy movie and they got no choice. Who was the right posse to watch a cowboy movie? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, and you, you get a taste of the, the Cockney accent in there and it, it's just fucking fantastic. And, and if it's not actually a Cockney accent, please don't kill me, British friends. <laughs> oh, um, wait, wait. If it's not actually a Cockney accent, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, uh, we, we took over this country from y'all, if y'all don't remember. You guys oh, owned shit. it first, and we threw your tea in the water, so it goes... <laughs> yeah. Wow, what happened up here, tea. by the way? <laughs> so... We also learn in that scene that Nikita Khrushchev is the first secretary of the Moscow Committee, and we'll get more into the committee, and Lavrenti Beria is the head of the NKVD. I mentioned that earlier, but that's their official titles, so they're introduced there. Um, we cut to all of them watching the cowboy movie. The gang is exhausted. They're drunk. They're falling asleep, but they've got to be into it because Stalin will kill them if they don't. Um, so they're doing their duty. Um, we go back, a lot of quick cuts. We go back to Radio Moscow, and Andreev is still organizing the repeat performance when the piano player, the pianist, Maria Udina, um, played by Olga Kurylenka, Kurylenka, the only Russian in the cast that had a speaking part, but she spoke English in a slightly Russian accent. Um, you might know her from uh, Quantum of Solace. She was, I forget what, it's been so long since I've seen that, but she was in the Bond movie. Um, she was born in Ukraine in real life. So she informs Andreev that she will not perform. Um, he brings her back to the control room and she just lays it out that Stalin is responsible for the death of her whole family. And fuck Stalin. She's not going to do it. Um, they, they end up negotiating. <laughs> Andreev orders 10,000, you know, offers 10,000 rubles. She asks for 20,000 and he says, done. Um, it's at that point that the conductor. Uh, faints or I think he might have died <laughs> uh, we, we're not sure because we never see him again but he collapses on the floor he hits his head on a fire bucket like a water bucket for a fire and Andrea who, who's the fucking fire safety person who put that there <laughs> he's not worried about the conductor he's worried why he's yeah. wondering why the fucking fire bucket's hanging on the wall um, it's just a funny line so now they need a new they need a new conductor obviously um, it's it's being recorded not videoed so you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, we cut back to see troops collecting more citizens, uh, including a man who was turned in by his own son. So, again, to show the ruthlessness and the lengths that people will go for self-preservation, this guy's teenage son turned him in for a real offense or a made-up offense. Who the fuck knows? And the dad spots him on his way out. Um, so... There's a couple in these apartments that see what's going on through their window, and the husband is waiting to be taken away 
for, again, whatever offense he's been accused of. Um, there's someone banging at the door, so that solidifies his fear. But when he opens it, it's a, it's a person from Radio Moscow just telling him that they need a conductor. So it's a big relief to him. Uh, but it happens so quickly that he gets pulled out of the apartment in his bathrobe and pajamas, okay, to go help with the performance. Um, they didn't turn the light off either. I'm kind of disappointed. I know, right? That's how yeah. they did. And I guess they knew the wife was home. Well, he was the nice guy. He was the Radio Moscow guy, so he doesn't, guess, know, the, yeah. he doesn't know the procedure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're back at the DACA, and they're outside because they're ready to leave, and the, the boys are busting Milankov's balls about the Polnikov thing. <laughs> you know? They can't help themselves. And Nikki reminds him to make a habit of writing everything down he says every time he's with Stalin or any time so that he can, it'll help protect himself from things that might or might not have been said. All right? And he calls that the Khrushchev rule. Um, Molotov walks off towards his car, and Beria lets the rest of the crew know that Molotov's on the list. Um, he drops he a comment. one too many cocktails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, Beria drops the comment. It'd be simpler and cheaper if he drove <laughs> directly into the river. Um, but, yeah, he's on the list, so they, they all realize that they're not, you know, Molotov will not be amongst them much longer. Um, we also learn at this point that Molotov is the foreign secretary and Malenkov is the deputy to Stalin, so he's the second in command. All right. Um, we go back to Radio Moscow, and the people, the workers in there, are bringing people in from the streets to fill the empty seats. Um, these people are peasants. They they're carrying bushels of vegetables and shit um, that they were carrying home, but got roped into going in just to fill the seats. Um, <laughs> one of the musicians goes, "I could bring my wife in. She's fat enough to deaden the acoustics in here." <laughs> And again, it's like a throwaway line. If you don't listen, it go right past it. But that's the kind of dialogue, you know. Um, we jump to Nikki at home, and he's uh, drunkenly dictating his the night's ramblings to his wife for her to write down. Um, uh, so we jump to Beria now, who stops by the underground prison cells under uh, the committee building. And it's brutal. It's awful. And, and again, it shows the casualness to which he response to anything that's going on but we don't see much of it but we hear a soldier shouting long live stalin and then a gunshot so they're killing people right in the cells and they they yell long live stalin it's it's fucking brutal um, this is the moment yeah. at which i realized i wanted this guy to play the penguin in any batman movie yeah moving forward. <laughs> yes. well see what you don't realize is well I, i'm just talking shit right now because i think it's a good idea but this is the point where I realized I wanted Danny DeVito to play this role in this movie. He would have been good in it. He would have been yeah, good. Yeah, he probably would have been good. But, like, you know? while I was saying that, I was like, you know, Eric does have a point because that guy is, like, weird, like, strap yeah. that goes down the side of the, to the No, walls. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. You I have a point, it. but I just wanted to make my joke. I can see it. I appreciate that. I can see that. it. Yep. Uh, so we're back in the concert hall. The concert concludes and the recording is complete. Andreev rushes to get the record to Stalin's lieutenant. Um, who's another character actor, and I didn't check his name, but he's been at a ton of shit. He was in uh, Riddick. He was one of the necromongers, and he's been in so much stuff. You know, he plays good guys and bad guys, but he played this role well. Um, he rushes and gives the record uh, to the lieutenant, who reminds him how late it is, and the time has been noted. So Andreev is still shit in his pants. Before he leaves, 
Maria rushes up at the last minute and she places a note in the record sleeve because she wants to she wants to convey her true feelings to Stalin. Um, Andreev is freaking out at this, but he can't do anything about it um, because he knows most likely what's in that note. Yeah, and then this happened in real life, but it happened later. Uh, yes. Stalin got the performance, sent her twenty thousand rubles. And then she wrote a note basically telling him to fuck himself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of the events in the movie did happen in real life. Maybe not necessarily in that order, but they were yep. pulled from real life and, and put into the graphic novel and then the movie. So um, we are now back at the DACA and we're going to play a clip that I call the beginning of <laughs> the end or the beginning of the death of Stalin. So and we'll find out why. Go ahead. What took you so long? You fucking walk here. Joseph Vissarionovich Stalin. You have betrayed our nation and destroyed its people. I pray for your end and ask the Lord to forgive you. Tyrant. before you get us both killed. There we go. So, in that scene, Stalin suffers a stroke. Um, he collapses to the floor, and the, the quick dialogue between the guards outside his door is based on truth, because they... Stalin has told, he told, in real life, he told everyone, no one will disturb me while I'm sleeping. If you do, you'll be dead. So that's why they didn't go in, because they were so worried about death that they, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to investigate. So the next morning, Stalin's maid is bringing him his morning coffee. Um, they let her in, and she is the one who finds him on the floor in a puddle of his own piss. Um, and... I mean, I'm being honest. I didn't know the circumstances behind Stalin's death, so I thought he was dead. Um, it, it's clear later that he's, you know, he's in a coma because of the stroke. Um, so she finds him, screams, and as that happens, we cut to the underground cells again. Beria is torturing a prisoner. Uh, he's beating the shit out of him. When a guard comes in and lets him know cryptically that Stalin is very ill. And that's the code word for, you know, he's dead or dying. Um, I, think because, I mean, that's still like giving too much information away. Like, yeah, yeah you should yeah, never yeah. make like, like you should be like the, the Kim Jong guy. Like, I don't yeah. even take shits. Like, that's how fucking right. powerful yeah, exactly. I am. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely like, you should right. have said something like came in the room and said, like, there's a unicorn on the roof. Right. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. yep. That should have been like, least, the, you know, Stalin's having a bad morning, guys. Very bad yeah. morning. 
He yeah, didn't he have wants his to coffee. talk to you immediately or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would kinda... just leave Stalin's name out of it altogether. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, know. you know, like if I'm like the supreme ruler of some country that like I'm the dictator and I can do whatever the fuck I want, you're not going to make me sound weak. <laughs> and Joe, or like something bad happened to me. For the record, I am confident you would be be a fantastic supreme ruler of a country. Right? <laughs> you would be the fucking best. Okay. I'd be like, Ernie Balls for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, because. See, the thing is, I want my, my, my people to live fantastically. I, I wouldn't want to, like, right. fuck them over. I'd want them to, like, have the best so that way we can look at the other countries together and be like, yeah, fuck that country. They're there not as know. cool as us. Like, so you have the goal of Bill and Ted, it's, and that's a cool thing. Yeah, man. it'd be that's utopian. Like, yeah. our, our society would be fucking awesome. And, like, we'd be like, I'd be like, dude, like, that's not good enough for us. We need right. better for us. Like, and I don't just mean me. I want everyone. I want, like, me and my, this is my crew. You know, we're yep. good. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but so, soon yep. the power would go to your head. And, what are these squires? <laughs> <laughs> what are these guitars for ants? Yeah. <laughs> Some poor, like you know, dude comes up to you. They give their offerings to your throne. It's a fucking epiphone, and you're like, oh. "Kill that man!" Yeah, that's it. I'm you're like, out. You're I'm out. a merman. <laughs> <laughs> Never to be seen again. Disappeared. Uh, yeah. So as Barry Barry gets the obvious hint. And as he's leaving the cell, he asks the soldier who brought him the news, what's your name? And the soldier's scared shitless, so he stutters yeah. his name. It's like, S -S -S Semenov. And, and I love this fucking exchange because Beria looks at him and goes, S -S -S Semenov, better be here when I get b -b -b back. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking leaves. And uh, as he's leaving, we hear some more long-lived Stalins and gunshots just to drive home the fucking brutality that's going on. Um, and he has a quick dialogue about a, a, a female prisoner who he either already raped or was going to again just to demonstrate his brutality and his fucking creepiness as a human yeah being. and He's let's like, just say like this isn't like the dude like these chicks are like getting like a fantasy yeah. uh, like two no 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 exactly it's brutal and we'll, we'll yeah. learn later how brutal but it's when, fucking when eric brutal. said he could play the penguin and and i'm like I had to stop my joke just to agree with him. That's how like disgusting <laughs> yeah, this dude is. Exactly, exactly. Because so. I started like while he was saying, like while I was joking, I was like, you know, he's got a fucking point. This yeah. dude looks like the penguin. Yep, he does. Um, so as he's leaving uh, the building, we fade to black, and on the screen in, in a bright red background, it just says, "If the leader is incapacitated, the committee must convene." Article seventeen dot two. Um, we're back at Stalin's DACA. Barry is the first one to arrive. Um, he rushes into to Stalin's room. And he, dis he dismisses the maid who has been kneeling next to, to Stalin out of loyalty to him since she found him. Um, he, sh he shoes her out. Um, he immediately sees the note on the ground that Maria wrote and he pockets it. He then proceeds to collect keys and documents and everything. Um, he burns some of the documents. He steals others. <laughs> he yells at his guard, I'm going to cut your eyes out one at a time so you can watch it happening. Um, yeah. Funny line, but again, the fucking brutality is there. Um, Malenkov arrives next. Uh, he's visibly distraught out of just self-preservation. <laughs> he's crying, but not really. It's, you know, even, even as dumb as he is, he understands that he has to exude sympathy and, you know, sadness. Um... They have a conversation about the lack of doctors available because all of the good ones are either locked up or dead. 
because um, and that's based on a true event too that the, the doctors mainly the Jewish doctors in in Russia were rounded up a couple of years before and yeah. convicted wrongly of plotting the assassination of party members so it was actually correct um, so the, after the con you know, they're having a conversation about the doctors what about the, what about the bad doctors <laughs> yeah exactly that's so great he's um, like well if they save his life they were a good doctor, good doctor. <laughs> exactly. if they were a bad doctor then it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter <laughs> so it's at this point uh, Nikki arrives um, and I missed the whole damn scene that I forgot to type in but Nikki's at home when he gets the call really quick he gets the call yeah. that Stalin's down and what does this in, cuck yeah. mean <laughs> he's like cut you mean oh it's like, <laughs> yeah that's cut cut his throat um and, i love uh, that scene of his wife just reading back to him oh she's told, great she's great. there's a horse <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly uh he he heads out he puts on some some suit pants but he heads out his pajamas are still on yeah uh so he's got a suit jacket and pants but he's wearing pajamas so he now arrives and starts his fake sympathy as well, and then we're going to play a clip. Oh, this is calamity. Calamity. Uh, oh. Um. Oh. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he's on the floor. He's on the fucking floor. Oh, what to do? Oh, what to do? My heart, it feels sick. Like it's going into battle. <laughs> oh. Which doctor have you called? Oh, well, the subject is currently under discussion. Yes, as acting general secretary, I think that, uh, well, the committee should decide. The, com the committee? But our actual general secretary is lying in a puddle of indignity. I mean, I think he's saying, get me a doctor now. No, I don't, I don't agree. I think, uh, I think we should wait until we're quartered. Quartered? The room is only 75% conscious. Are you wearing pajamas? Yes, so? Why? Uh, because I act, Lavrenti, decisively and with great speed. I said you'd be tested, and right now you're being tested by a shouting man wearing pajamas. Have you got a nappy under those, too? Too late for him. <laughs> Oh, the banter is just priceless. Um, so, yeah, and it, it's cool because in that scene, Malenkov is hugging uh, Nikki. They're consoling each other, haha. And then Malenkov motions for Beria to come, and they, they do like an awkward group hug. It's so fucking weird, but it's funny. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, again, that group hug is fucking priceless. So the rest of the committee arrives, uh, and we meet some new characters. Uh, Kaganovich, who's the Minister of Labor. Mikoyan is the Minister of Trade. Uh, Bulganin is the Minister of Defense. Uh, they come barging in. They're all frantic and, again, feigning the fucking, uh, you know, the, the sympathy and the sadness. Um, <laughs> so they decide they, they, they have to get a doctor, but they've got to pick Stalin up and get him to his bed. Um, so they pick him up and it's the funniest part of that whole scene is again, another throwaway line. They have to make a right turn into Stalin's bedroom and Nikki is holding the feet and he uses Stalin's foot to point to the right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, Stop using and the rest feet. of them yell at him. Stop using his feet. 
and it's just it's just slapstick shit, and it's hysterical. It um, is really good. Yeah. So yeah, here here's where they have the good doc bad doc uh, conversation that Joe had again. It's fucking priceless. Um, so they need to round up whoever they can who's available uh, so they can get some doctors. Um, as they leave, as the group is leaving the bedroom, uh, Beria hangs around, but Nikki stays behind to sort of eavesdrop on him. And he hears, he hears Beria whisper to Stalin, you have a nice long sleep, old man. I'll take it from here. So not that Nikki, Nikki's not surprised, but now he knows that, you know, the, the, the attempt here to take control uh, of the Soviet Union is, is firmly in, in Beria's grasp. Um, we cut I, to yep I have to say too what tickled me a lot about that that previous scene where everyone finds him on the floor yeah. is they're all pretending to be upset but they all react with the same disgust to yes. the piss yeah. on the floor they're, that they yeah, all they're, now they're all touch. covered in piss <laughs> exactly it's fucking did somebody beautiful. come in here and piss on him <laughs> yes exactly yeah oh uh, yeah there are there are many comments about the smell in the room and stuff during that whole yeah. that whole scene it, it, it's great it's you, you'll enjoy it when when you get to that part uh so we cut to the doctor roundup that begins um there is an elderly doctor walking his dog through a square his name is dr um Octo- Otto octavius yeah lukomsky right his name is dr lukomsky He's grabbed and given a a, a doctor's uh, what the fuck is that called? <laughs> a coat, like a lab oh. coat, right? Stethoscope and a lab coat, and he and he's hustled into a truck with a bunch of other quote doctors. There's some real freaks in that fucking pile. Um, and I uh, I think I can't remember his name, but he's actually he's one of the cops in Hot Fuzz. He he's the he's the old cop who uh, is part of the team in in Hot Fuzz. Um, so hmm. he's been in a bunch of stuff. So we're back at the DACA, and the boys split up. Uh, they split up into competing factions because they're all plotting on to be the one to take over. Uh, Nikki talks with Kaganovich, and um, Beria and Malenkov split off, and they conspire. <laughs> and more, more piss talk, where Malenkov is leaning against a tree pissing, and he, he just drops the comment, I... I always want to stare in an officer's eye when I piss because it shows who's in control. <laughs> and then Beria says, I just piss on the officer because that shows control too. <laughs> um, so Nikki suggests bringing Stalin's children in, Svetlana and, and uh, Vasily. And just as he says that, Svetlana arrives. Uh, she's already heard and she's on her way. Um, all of the groups, they run to be the first to console her. Um, it's hysterical. Yeah, and then even... Kaganovich mentions to Nikki, how can you run and plot at the same time? Because <laughs> Nikki's still planning as he's running. Um, yeah, they console Svetlana, and then they head inside. Um, it's here we cut to a scene where we meet Vasily, Stalin's son. He's played by Rupert Friend. You probably know him most from... Uh, uh, fuck. What's the, what's the Showtime show? Homeland. Mm. He, he was in Homeland, and he was fantastic in that show. I kept trying to figure out like what I knew him from because yeah. he just looked had that he had that look. But I think I keep like thinking that it's Richard Hammond from a. Uh, oh Tom yeah, Deer. yeah. He's like exactly. a taller Richard Hammond. Yep, yep. Yeah, you Rupert Friend's been in a bunch of shit. He actually played he played Hitman in the remake of the of Hitman. He hmm. he was Hitman in that video game movie that they made. Um, so he he's 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 been around, and I dig him as an actor. So. Um, they're at an ice rink, and the team on the ice is practicing, and they're fucking horrible. 
um, Vasily is he's very devoted to the hockey. That's his thing, you know, as as the first son. He he's uh, into the hockey. He wants the hockey to win. They're so bad. He drops the line when we play Hungary. Are we allowed to use guns? <laughs> they, just, they just suck. Um, the mention of a plane crash uh, is brought up, and he screams at the guy, "There was no plane crash." Um, it's at that point. There's a team from Moscow come to collect him, uh, and that's actually a true story. Not it, the plane crash is a true story. Yeah. So, a plane crash and killed 11 members of the national Russian team, and they had to get replacements. And it really happened. But everyone, including Vasily, was afraid to tell his father because he would have lost his shit. So, um, we are now back at the DACA, and we're going to run another clip. These are good doctors, my dear. They're the best. They look like mental patients. Are they going to sing for us? Why are they standing in line? Let's have it. Following a, a group assessment of Comrade Stalin, we've arrived at the unanimous conclusion based on a collective finding... Oh, please put him up this misery. Comrade Stalin has had a cerebral hemorrhage. The right side of his body is paralyzed. What is the chance of recovery? It's hard to say. Relax, I'm not going to kiss you. Will he recover, yes or no? So, yeah, the doctors are afraid to give the diagnosis because they figure they're all going to be dead. Um, there's a young doctor in the line that, that gets called out for his young age. That's actually Iannucci's son um, he, in a small role, Emilio Iannucci. Um, so, yeah, so this is, the, this is the diagnosis. He's had a stroke. He'll never wake up. And at this point, we will take our first break and be back. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We, just, we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you, uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know, we'll send you some... Not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything right. picks. Yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. 
The tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout-out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.